Every mistake is an opportunity to learn. Even those whack exes and lame situationships you endured. This podcast helps single black millennials date smarter by sharing stories of what not to do in dating. Join me, Randy, as I talk with black millennials about the dating lessons they've learned and the mistakes they never want to make again. This is Situationships Podcast, and I'm your host, Randy. Hey, y'all. This is Randy. On this week's episode, I have something a little different for you guys. It's a crossover episode with Penda from the ProHo Podcast. The ProHo Podcast unveils stigmas and taboos through conversations and confessionals to explore topics on sexual desire, pleasure, and using sex and taboo as social equity. Y'all need to definitely check out her podcast. So how do you distinguish between an emotional boundary and a resistance to vulnerability? Penda and I discuss this question and many other topics around barriers to vulnerability in modern dating in our crossover episode this week. It was truly a delight talking with Penda, and I can't wait for you to hear us process some of our own experiences and try to figure out how we're going to get God to bless us with healthy, compatible partners. If you have a friend who can relate to this episode, please share it with them. Get Situationships Podcast merch and early access to podcast episodes by becoming a Situationships Podcast Patreon at patreon.com backslash situationshipspod. And lastly, let's connect on social media. You can find me at situationshipspod on Instagram and Facebook and at situationspod on Twitter. All right. I hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, so we have a special crossover episode with ProHo and the Situation Ships podcast. I'm so excited. Hi, Randy. Hi. I'm so excited <laughs> How are you too. Doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. It's so nice to connect. Um, not in real life, obviously, but I guess virtual real life. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to say like this whole like Zoom interview thing is like still real new, but like we're adjusting, we're flowing. I know I'm so I'm kind of over it grateful that we have it but also feeling like okay it's enough is enough I know right (laughs) yeah exactly I want to either commit to like getting fully dressed up and ready to meet people in real life or I want to have all my zoom meetings like naked or in pajamas but not in between right I know (laughs) (laughs) I was like thinking the other day like I haven't put on actual clothes in probably like a month now um if not longer and it's it's just yeah it's a crazy time I know it really is. But um, speaking of, I mean, I guess like this conversation is so relevant because, you know, we were going to discuss kind of like some of the barriers that we're experiencing in terms of being vulnerable in our relationships. And I really thought about this because I was talking to someone that I had been intimate with and this person had said he wasn't ready for a relationship. Mm -hmm. So after, you know, he told me that I felt like I kind of like backed down my energy was just kind of like, all right, well, like I'm going to meet you where you're at. Like if you want casual, I can do casual too. Like I'm not desperate, not like chasing people to be in relationships. And so that happened. But then afterwards he said that, you know, I seemed kind of standoffish and cold and that he almost felt that I was like using him for sex because I wasn't, I guess, like revealing enough of myself in a way that I guess, you know, he felt was appropriate. But I, but then I circled back and said, well, to be honest, you had said that you weren't ready for relationships. So I'm just going to give you, why would I give you like all of myself? Absolutely. Right. If like you're saying that you're not ready for that. Absolutely. Um, And then, yes. So then he followed up by saying that he feels like millennials are super fast to kind of compartmentalize or label relationships and being like, this is casual. This person's just a friend. This is purely sex. I want a relationship with this person as opposed to letting things grow and develop in a natural way. So I think all of that has to relate with somewhat to do with like vulnerability and being open and, and trusting that you know, you can give parts of yourself and not be let down. But I wanted to just kind of get into this and see what your thoughts were. Why are we, are millennials less vulnerable in relationships? Do we compartmentalize things too soon? You know, I think our parents obviously have been married. A lot of our parents, like they meet someone, they commit and that's that, but we have so many options. So I want to hear your thoughts on what are your initial thoughts? Well, first, can I ask, was this person that you were talking about, were they a millennial as well? Yes, they are. 
okay. I'm just curious because I'm a millennial who talks shit on other millennials, and I'm just curious if he was like older <laughs> or younger. No, he's actually younger. He's two years younger than me. Oh, okay. So well, yeah, I don't know. There's so like I have so many thoughts. Um, so like, I do think that there are some barriers that millennials specifically face when it comes to being vulnerable and open and to your, like one of the things you just said is I I think part of that is like how we date today. It's so like my friend used the term microwavable. Like everything does feel microwavable when you're Mm -hmm. like on the apps in particular. Um, But I also think like our, our society, I think like black people, black Americans specifically aren't really big on vulnerability. Um, And so I don't think millennials were raised in a way to be vulnerable, but like thinking about what that guy said to you, I feel like it's okay to make a choice and set a boundary about how you want to live and how you want to interact with someone while, and that still like leaves space to change your mind. Right. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. I think like, he said that he didn't want a relationship. And for you, that means, okay, well, then you live in this box. And, and I don't think there's anything <laughs> exactly. wrong with, like, putting that boundary up. And then you could decide, oh, okay, well, as things go along, maybe I will open up. But, like, I, one of the things I do think millennials have is, like, a certain sense of entitlement. Um, yes. And entitlement to your emotions and to your vulnerability, which I don't think is, like, necessarily appropriate all of the time. Um, right. But yeah, I I I think that millennials are I think the the marketplace has become so big because of online dating and using dating apps and it creates this dynamic where people seem really disposable. Um, mm-hmm. And then, so, and I don't think it's, it creates like an, uh, an environment for depth. I don't think it creates an environment to like, that encourages or incentivizes vulnerability. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree with all of that. I think, you know, and to his, to his point, actually, you know, maybe the first time or two that we did hang out, he, he genuinely felt that he wasn't ready for a relationship and maybe something shifted or maybe like a connection between us where he was felt, he felt like, okay, well maybe there is something here. Maybe I did label it too quickly. Um, but I just thought it was interesting. It was kind of almost like gaslighting because I felt like he was saying that I wasn't giving off this energy and wasn't being emotionally available, but I just felt like he was the one to initially place the label on. So I'm like, you know, here you are saying that we're too quick to label things, but you were the one that initiated the conversation. And so I, I agree with you in saying that, you know, we're kind of, we're spoiled in the sense of, yes, it's great. And it's, I think, expected to shift and waver in how you feel. But then I also think that, for you to assume that I can just go along with whatever you're feeling whenever you want is a little bit annoying. You know what I mean? (laughs) I totally know what you mean. The thing, and and again, like I always throw out the hashtag, not all men, but like, (laughs) I do feel like the stories that I've heard from like my friends, a lot of black millennial men like want their cake and eat it too. Like they want Mm. your energy. They want your vibe. Like you're dope. Like you're great company. They want your body. They want all of you without having to get, like they want to be like, this is my boundary that we're not having a relationship, that we're not labeling it, but give me everything that I want from you. And like, that's not fair. Like it's just, yeah. yeah. I think like, I think women are, entitled obviously to like create boundaries for themselves and emotional Mm -hmm. boundaries for themselves especially because women tend to do a lot of the emotional labor in like male female dynamics um I just don't think men are used to it like hitting that boundary (laughs) yeah exactly and I don't think they're used to not being 
I don't think they're used to being on the other end when a woman decides that she doesn't want a relationship. I think that's what really throws them off. I think they're like, wait, what? Like you, you are supposed to be the one who's more emotionally in tune, who's like the needy one or who obviously aspires to be in a relationship with me. And so I think that once the tables are turned, they're kind of like, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) I feel like you're using me for sex. And I was like, huh? (laughs) It's so funny. Like me and my best friend, we talk about like, these guys who want more and Mm -hmm. the moment you're like I'm actually not feeling you like that they're like wait what but but I like you I decided I wanted you (laughs) so what's the hold up they just I feel like they're very confused and it's funny because I think one of the things that has like resulted in this confusion I think a, a, a lot is women aren't haven't historically been as honest and open about like what they actually feel with men Mm -hmm. and like there's a bunch of reasons why and like a lot of them are valid but I sometimes I really think that men live in a different reality because like a lot (laughs) of times women lie or withhold like their truth and so then when they someone like a woman is very open and upfront and honest dudes are like what like where did this come from I've never heard this before I've never experienced this before and they're like they don't get it um exactly no I do feel that way and I and I think back to college when a lot of my girlfriends and I like after having sex with a guy like usually we would come back the next day like report to each other like Mm -hmm. how was it and it's always like did he eat you out mind you this is when we were like younger but like those were the things it's like did he I still ask my friend is his dick yeah (laughs) is his dick big like those are like the main questions that we asked and a lot of times more often than not we would always say like eh it was okay no he didn't eat me out like no I didn't come but like we never would verbally communicate the needs and the lack of being satisfied to our partners and so we were always saying so then we would start saying like you know what we owe it to the next girl that he sleeps with to call him out on a shit and be like yo you're like this is what didn't work and maybe he'll make an adjustment so that the people after him are not also getting mediocre dick right (laughs) but I think (laughs) I'm like we have to unite we have to to unite and make make sex better for all but I think you know it that type of communication and um like openness I think it comes later in life I I mean for me it did and I wish that I would have known about this kind of like pleasure and desire that could have come from sex and that I deserve that kind of pleasure um because I think I would have spoken up much sooner but I think what you're saying is like as women we're really not used to just speaking up and saying when shit isn't wrong when it's not working or like if you know a guy says he doesn't want to be in a relationship but you really do want to be in a relationship you feel like you don't want to say anything because it's being needy or you're being desperate or you know we're we're kind of taught to just be like okay cool yeah well I'm gonna be like that cool girl and just go along with it but like deep down you probably do want something more right but we're just like we're not in touch with being completely honest when I think as soon as we're honest about what you really want that's when you attract it Mm -hmm. but if we keep like faking it then you're gonna keep getting fake shit too yeah no I keep having like this conversation with all of my female friends (laughs) where it's like we need to vocalize when like something's not working sexually um Mm -hmm. and I, I think part of it is like also training each other to just like ask more questions like I think a lot of times dudes assume like oh this worked really well on this woman she really likes that so women like this thing instead of being like hey new body new person (laughs) what is your body like exactly Um, but like like we just said like women so often just like go with the flow um just bear bear whatever it is that the man is going to present and mm-hmm. and then you don't get what you want and he's happy and then you're resentful yeah. and it like exactly spirals, you but, know and he may not know that you're unhappy because yeah. you just go along with it like women yeah. we're such good actors honestly no literally <laughs> <laughs> like we know how to just go along with the shits and like but then in our head we're like spinning and mad and like steam is coming out of our noses because we're like you said we're so resentful but we can put on that good face Absolutely. when we have to um Ugh. 
I had a recent experience with um, like an old situationship popped back up, like right as like the quarantine um, was like happening. Mm-hmm. And I broke quarantine briefly um, yes. <laughs> to have him come over. <laughs> and we had sex and he like left and then texted me. He was like, did you come? And I was like, oh, gosh. don't be that person. Um, right. It's like, first of all, I thought we had a relationship, like a dynamic where you could like tell me or ask me. Um, <laughs> In person, yeah. Right. And then second of all, but I also had to like stop and take responsibility for like not communicating more myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like in the mm-hmm. moment. Because like I did, but it wasn't like amazing, you know? And yeah. I could have yeah. been more vocal. And that's something that's like, that's big on my like I'm working on it list is yes. communication in on so many levels in so many areas like and I would say honestly for me like sex is one of those areas that I historically haven't been really open and I'm getting to the age where I'm like nah I need mm. to have these <laughs> orgasms I need to let you know what's up because yes. I'm getting nothing from this otherwise Um, but yeah, it's still like, and so I would say like in general, if there, there are areas of my life where vulnerability is really difficult and sex is one of those areas where it feels Mm -hmm. so vulnerable that it's hard. Um, like communicating what I want from like relationship wise from a man is still really difficult for me. Um, and it's just like when I show you what I want if you don't respond in a way that's favorable to that, it's like, it's scary. Like you just don't know what you're going to get on the other side. Um, Exactly. I don't know. It's hard. And that's the thing. It is hard. It's super hard, but it's like, I think it comes down to like practicing it. And that's the Mm -hmm. thing that I'm like trying to find like smaller avenues to practice vulnerability, to practice honesty um, and like strengthen that muscle. Like, you know, um, but like the shit ain't easy, man. Like, it's I not. <laughs> I know. And I, and I feel like really what it comes down to, and I think this is step because I feel like I'm the same way in terms of like being vulnerable. I think for, you know, a myriad of reasons, we all have like walls and if that comes from different traumas and not, it can be trauma of just like a relationship going sour or like when you did articulate being, you know, being vulnerable and being open and backfired on you. And so then we're less, you know, inclined to be as open following yeah. that. But yeah. I think a lot of it, what I've realized comes down to trust. And there have been a lot of relationships where I didn't like internally really really like viscerally trust that person so then I feel like I kind of played myself to think that like oh why would I if I don't even trust this person how could I ever like really be vulnerable with someone and I think it kind of goes back like we kind of do have these like play situations with people especially like I don't know in New York I think it's like you meet people, you see people out all the time your circles get smaller and you kind of have these like popcorn you know popcorn situations Mm -hmm, situationships mm -hmm. they just pop (laughs) up they pop up right and like it might feel really good in the beginning and you're like oh I can see this like yes we're vibing it's great energy but like to assume that you can trust someone based on like a few interactions or like great sex or you know I I don't know I think we're kind of playing ourselves in that regard like I do think you can have initial connections and the vibe and the energy can be great but I I think that I at least tend to skip over some of the really crucial steps of like trust and honesty and um so then it's like yeah when we get to the point where it's like oh are we vulnerable with each other are we really intimate meaning like yes we can have great sex but like are we intimate in our minds in our like connections do we have that I feel like that's really has been lacking in a lot of my relationships and then it ends and then I feel like whoa I could just the fact that I could move on so quickly and be like "Mm, okay it didn't work it's because like nah bitch you just really weren't in it (laughs) to begin with I totally you know? relate to that. I totally relate to that. Um, and that's the thing. I'm not sure if it's generational. Like, mm-hmm. did we grow up watching too many Disney movies and too many rom-coms to believe that, like, like that meet cute or that, like, you know, chemistry, that spark is all you need? Because if I'm honest, mm-hmm. it took me until I was, like, 28 mm-hmm. to realize that the spark is just, like, the first step. 
Yeah, exactly. I was like, that's just like that's entry level boo. Like, <laughs> yes. and I was like, yeah, no, we like each other. This is great. I'm having a great time. He's having a great time. Like, what else is there? Like, well, you know, we'll build. But like, there's so many other elements, and I think that, I think that, for me at least, um, like sex creates this false sense of intimacy with people. Right. Um, and that's something I'm still figuring out how I want to navigate moving forward. Yes. Um, right. I always think about, um, Molly from Insecure. Uh, I think it was season yes. one. They're uh-huh. like at dinner and she's like, you know, if I have sex too soon, then they're not into me anymore. But if I don't have sex, then, and then she like stops and she's like, but I'm a grown ass woman. I want to yeah. have sex. And that's how right. I feel. I like totally yes. relate to that. And right. I like I don't got the answer sway. Like I don't I don't know. <laughs> that Me isn't either. something I haven't like I've I i have not figured that out yet for myself. Um but yeah, I think I do think that like a lot of people, um and I'll say probably more women than men, um, mm-hmm. like want to believe that these good feelings mean something more than they actually do Um, and it means like that there is an established trust and relationship there that hasn't actually been formed yet Um, and that's like that's another big thing that like I'm not really dating right now but it's like my plan as I move forward in dating is to slow down to like just slow the hell down Um, and like I think one of the things, I think it was Brene Brown, actually, she was talking about trust being built off of like these micro interactions. It's like trust doesn't happen in one moment. It builds over time. Um, And hence like time, like that's the thing that you need to um, build trust with people. But it's like things happen so fast, so quickly that you like get caught up in these feelings. You get caught up in this feel good. And honestly, I think a big part of it is discipline. I think like and it de- like it depends on what you want, right? If you want a relationship and you like know yourself, know that you're easy to get caught up and you're easy to get your feelings hurt, then you probably want to practice some discipline and slow down. That's I'm talking to myself. Um, but like if you're someone who knows that you can um, have casual relationships with people and it not be too emotionally draining or difficult for you than like live your life, boo. Like, um, I wish I had <laughs> <Yes>. that, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think it, like, I, I think a big part of it is figuring out what you want and then like slowing down to, um, build that, that foundation of trust with people. Yeah, I agree. And I, I agree with Brene Brown. I know that of like, you know, micro and like just as much as we need those micro circumstances and instances to build trust, like just as easily those small things can also create betrayal. Right. And so I think to your point of what you were saying about honesty and knowing what you want, I think that that's really the first step is like, we have to be so in tune with what we actually want in order to attract that, as opposed to like faking, faking the funk. Cause it's just, it's not realistic and it's exhausting after a while. And I always go back to like Audre Lorde when she talks about in like uses of the erotic and saying that like the more that you're in tune with like how good you can feel and pleasure how amazing that is and and tapping into that just like the more that you're able to distinguish what isn't that and so I'm like you know it's like so when you know how great and amazing sex can feel or intimacy or vulnerability then all the other bullshit that comes through you're like next (laughs) next next but I feel like a lot of us don't tap into what really feels good what we really want being honest about those things that you know when John comes around and he gives you like half of that. You kind of like, okay, well, this is good for now. But it's like, no, but is that really the full experience that you want? Is that, you know, is it really in line with, with everything that you aspire to have in a partner? And then when it ends or in halfway through the relationship, when you're not satisfied, you're like, oh, well, why isn't it working? It's like, well, boo, it wasn't ever really right from the beginning, but we just kind of settle for you know, these in-between moments as opposed, yeah, for good enough, as opposed to just being still. Like I know I have, for a while, I think I would like people who liked me. Ooh, yep. I would just, yeah, I would just be like, okay, well, he's into me. So I guess, you know, I can go along with this. It feels good to be liked and wanted and to be kind of like fond over. That all feels good, but it that 
you sh- I should we should always I think you know we the adoration has to go both ways obviously yeah yeah you yeah. know and I agree with you with Molly it's like on one hand saying that like I think a lot of us have been taught, especially like you said, in black American communities, if it's through like religion or whatever, that sex is this thing that is like a sacred thing that should be, you know, reserved for like your partner or for reproduction or marriage, all of those things. But on the other hand, I'm like, but I have needs, I have wants, I want to have sex too. Like, can I get mine? Like, why don't those rules apply to men? And so I think that's the thing is like, part of me is like, yeah, maybe if I do give it up too soon, but then that implies that it's, it's something for other people to take take as opposed to like I don't know it just makes it seem like it's it's not mine to begin with if it's like oh it depends like how I give it up and when I give it up it should just be purely based on what I want and not based on how other people who are going to receive it spin it around you know yeah 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 one of the things that you mentioned um so I hopped on an Instagram live that you were on this week talking about orgasmic. Yes. Yes. And that like that, I think this is similar to what you're talking about. Uh And it has like, I hadn't thought about things in that way. And well, I'll say like, I've heard people say like, it's either like a hell yes or a no or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think it's such a beautiful way to live your life, right? But in order to do that, you have to be in touch with your feelings. And mm-hmm. like like you said, know what you want. Know what feels good to you. Know what, what you like. And I think a lot of, I will say a lot of women who go with the flow, and I have been a go with the flow woman mm, for a big yes. part of my life. Me too. You don't Me too. really know what you like. You don't know what mm-hmm. you want because you've just taken what was presented. Exactly. Um, and it's funny because like, so that's kind of what I've been trying to use like this quarantine time for is mm-hmm. to like figure out what it is that I want, what it is that I like, what feels good to me so that, like you said, when you find it, you can be like, oh, that's it. That's, oh, that's not it. it. Exactly. Um, and exactly. it's like more crystal, like more clear um, when it when it presents itself. Um there was something else I was going to say, but it's left me for right now. But yeah, no, I, I like that idea of an orgasmic yes is such like, to me, it's very beautiful. Like I would like to practice. I'm not there yet, but I'm yeah. like, would love to practice that moving forward. Yes, me too. I first read about orgasmic yes in um, Adrienne Marie Brown's book, Pleasure Activism, The Politics okay. of Feeling Good. I recommend it to everyone. It's She's incredible, but she talks about that. And when I think about it, it's like, and like you were saying, being as specific about what you want, because I think about the way that I manifest and I feel like I'm such a powerful manifester. I feel like I've heard Oprah say that all the time. And she's like, I'm a powerful manifester. Like Amen. I know what I want. I put it out there. I let it go into the universe, but I rise to that vibration. I rise to the occasion. So I know that yeah. when it comes back to me, I'm ready to, to receive it. Yeah. And I think when I think about manifesting in like my career and other things I feel like I've been pretty successful at that but when it comes to manifesting like the partner I want there's always some kind of glitch (laughs) there's always some kind of glitch in the system Mm -hmm. but it comes down to it's like a it's really difficult for me to get super specific about what I want and I think it's like I know what I want but the thing is I don't feel worthy of those things that I really want I feel almost bad I feel almost bad saying like I want this kind of person this kind of person I don't want this kind of person and I'm like am I being too judgmental am I you know being superficial those things all come through my mind so I think there's kind of this you know, this blockage in the manifestation like um, line or tube of energy because partly I don't think deep down that I'm, I feel deserving. The self-worth is so low that I feel kind of like I attract people that I feel probably that I deserve. And as opposed to the people that I'm like, that I hope to attract. And I just yeah. don't, I need to feel worthy of, of attracting a great equal person. I totally relate to that. First of okay. all. Okay. <laughs> great. Um, <laughs> so many things. So like, 
I guess the way that I think about it is like like what you just said about Oprah, where it's like Mm -hmm. I have set out this vision for what I want and I have Mm -hmm. to do the work to rise to the occasion. Exactly. And that's the thing is I think that what a lot of us, particularly women, are looking for in romantic partners is a lot. Um, And I think it will take time for us to do the work on ourselves and that partner wherever they are to do the work on themselves for us to like, to like raise to that vibration, essentially, you know what I mean? And I think the blockage is like the work essentially, you know, like is figuring that out and doing that. And it's like, it takes time. Like it's, it's hard and it's a process and it's like, it's, and it's not microwavable. It's like right. out on a smoker all night. Like, you know yes. what I mean? If you want it to be <laughs> yes. good. And what exactly. and like and that's the thing I had to tell myself, like, or realize is like what I say that I want, like, will require a lot of me. Yes. And it will require a lot of my partner. Mm-hmm. And if I'm honest, like, I don't think I'm quite there for what I say that right. I want. Yeah. Um And so, like, and it's funny because I think one of the things I do in my head a lot is, like, people are, like, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be ready because there is no ready, really, you know? And you can grow together. But then at the same time, like, you got to be a little bit ready. Like, (laughs) I don't don't know. Like, finding that balance and, like, kind of just, like, letting it go. Like, and I think that's part of it, too, is, like, for me at least, is, like, taking some of the pressure off of it. Um, Because I have heard about like manifestation is like you can't hold on to it too tight right because yeah. you know like you kind of got to let it like let it be and let it grow and like let it happen when it happens right which is like way easier said than done oh yes but, of course I don't know I like I think the way that I've been looking at my like I've been I'm I just turned 33 and mm-hmm. I have been single my whole entire life. The longest that I have talked to someone has been two months. And that happened twice uh, within the last like three, four years. Um, and so like I and I would say for most of my life, I looked at my singleness as a curse, as like something right. wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like now I choose to look at it as a blessing and like, I know I wouldn't have lived anywhere near the life that I have had if I had been partnered before. Oh, um, absolutely. Because I wouldn't, I wasn't emotionally ready. I would have, like, just given up all of myself to this person and turned it, like, wouldn't have come into the person that I am today. Um, and so, yeah, like, it's, Again, it's not easy. Like it's being not single easy. still is like lonely and like yes. yeah, I want somebody around, but it's like that discipline of knowing the greater, the bigger thing, the long-term thing that I want. Yes. Putting in exactly. the work and the discipline so I can get that eventually. Whenever Oh, a thousand percent. The universe whenever decides it comes. to put it in my life. <laughs> whenever it comes, which you know, it's the like Lord I knows my heart. But God <laughs> My God, okay, I'm going to wait, but you, you know, you know, right, right. (laughs) Well, yeah. And I, I totally can relate to the part about, you know, like if, if it would have come sooner, you wouldn't have the life that you are now. And I think about like just three years ago, I quit my job and was like, I'm going to move to LA. And I just like packed up all my shit, moved to LA. And it's because I wasn't attached to anyone. I didn't have a partner. I didn't have these things that were holding me back. I was just able to just like go and be free and like, all, all of those experiences are so crucial to the in the development of who I am now and what I'm doing and it's you know so it's like I don't want to I don't want to say that it's not in its own divine timing but yeah. as you know it's time it's all no it's, but it's, it's time though no. it's time <laughs> it's gotta be like any minute now <laughs> any minute you gonna be knocking at my door right you know like I was talking to my grandma the other day and she's 87 and she was just like you know I thought I would have been cutting your wedding cake by now and I was like sis girl we're we not gonna do what we're not gonna do is <laughs> talk about this right now like i respect my elders and i love you but sis like i can't i i'm just like i, I really it's like you and me both this. you think i want to be out here single? right exactly and so then yeah. that's those kind of conversations that's when i start to waver and think like am i 
should I just be settled? Not settling, but are my standards set too high? That's something I really think about all the time. Are my standards set too high? Could I just like be with, you know, any person and make it work? Or, and just like, that's what relationships are, the, the work, the, you know, but then I'm just yeah. like, I, I, I know myself and I just can't fake shit. So I'm like, if it ain't right, yeah. it's, it's gonna, I'm going to blow it up. Right. Yeah. I think it depends so. on what you want. Like if you want, if you want a family, if you want to be married, if like the institution of marriage or whatever, like if that's really important to you. And, like, you know that you can just kind of put up with mm-hmm. some flaws that, like, aren't <laughs> right. ideal. Like, there are a lot of people, like we said, our, our parents' generation, they, like, they just barrel through, right? Like, exactly. you can't, that's a choice. You can make a choice to marry any old nigga off the street. <laughs> and, like, you can, and you can have your marriage, right? You can right. have that. Right. But, like, it seems like what you want is is greater than that. And you have these mm-hmm. standards that meet the thing that you want. And I think it's just going to take more time to get that. Um, right. But I, like, I, I also understand like that concept of, of are your standards too high? And the way that mm-hmm. I choose to think about it is like, I think the list that I used to have was a little superficial. And I think the longer your the longer your list is, the like harder it's going to be to to find what you want. So mm-hmm. I think it comes down to like figuring out what your like your values are. Like what are yes. the like core and I I look at it as like not and this I didn't come up with this, but like trying to find your five things, right? Like what are the five core values or like five things that are really really important to you? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um and like start with that and like focus on that and and I'd say probably also like look at those things and see like what areas like you could grow in like you could probably Mm -hmm. working on right um and and like and and then I think I think if you focus on those five things your standards aren't too high they're just your standards yeah Um, exactly and I think so I like I remember um a couple years ago I was talking to one of my friends who like she was she was telling me how she wants to date men who make a certain amount of money. And I was like, it is funny because around the time I was talking to a broke dude and yeah. I was like, you don't know what love, like what package love yes. is going to look like. You got to exactly. be open. And, and I was like fighting her tooth and nail to be like, no, but you like need to be more open. And and I had to take a step back and be like, she ain't got to be more open. She does not like (laughs) like, she she can make a choice to only date men of a certain like socioeconomic status. And it might take her a little bit longer to find out. But also it might not. I don't know what God has in plan, like in store for her. Right. Um, Right. So it's like, want what you want and figure it out and be open to like maneuvering and growing and adjusting. And like your your non-negotiables today might be different, uh, like six months, a year from now, you know? Exactly. And to that point, like using your hashtag, not all men, it's like, I feel like men, they date very specifically to be completely honest. So it's like, we, you know, like they'll say, I only want this type of girl, this kind of girl, whatever. And, and, you know, I've had people, I've had men say to me like, oh, you're not my typical type. I'm like, listen, if I ain't your type let's keep it moving like yeah. I don't need to like you know we ain't gotta do this so, I, yeah we don't gotta do this and I think it's so offensive to even say that to anyone I'm like okay yeah. so then why are we even <laughs> engaging yeah. in yeah. any kind of conversation but I feel like that's something that I've heard many of times by men but like rarely if, if a dude is not making a certain amount of money women do not speak up and say well you're not really my type because you know you don't make enough money like, yeah. I feel like we don't really take it to that level but like we don't have to say it. We don't have to express it. Obviously, we don't have to hurt people along the way. Right, right, But, like, right. if you know that that's what you want, then you're not going to entertain anything less than that. Um, so, the, I have, like, this... this. The, so, my thoughts about how men operate in the world, I think there's a lot of lessons that women need to learn about how men operate in the world. Mm. However, I do think there's balance between, like... But I don't think everything men do 
is the answer, right? Because, like, (laughs) if dudes are being dicks, it doesn't mean you be a dick. And, like, then, you know what I mean? Like, suddenly there's equity or equality or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think... So... So, like, just because men say I only date light-skinned women with, like, curly Mm -hmm. hair and this figure doesn't necessarily mean that it's, like, good, (laughs) like, whatever word, like, for women to say, oh, I only date dudes who are 6'2 with this much money. Like, I don't don't think those are, like, necessarily, like, the right ways to do it. But, like, seeing the fact that men are better at, like, communicating their boundaries and enforcing their boundaries and knowing what they want and going after what they want. Like, those elements, I think, like, from a core perspective, women do need to implement more. Um, Oh, without a doubt. You know, like, and, and 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 I think you have to also understand that we live in a world that isn't used to women doing that. And the pushback Hello. that you get from that, Hello. it might not always be what you want. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's just like live through it, you know, and, and recognize that those people aren't your people if they're not on board. Exactly. And I think that is um, what I've kind of been trying to establish in terms of whenever I say like, I'm trying to use sexual pleasure and like taboo as a means of like social equity. And I think that's really what it goes back to is like, a lot there's so much pushback in for women specifically black women in like stepping up and setting those boundaries and expressing themselves sexually and saying which what what are their desires that we we just we haven't like we haven't before Uh, we don't feel as liberated and and speaking up and tapping into what feels good because obviously a lot of systems are in place to stifle that joy and that pleasure we've been silenced in a lot of ways but i'm like as soon as we start speaking up i think the power of like women speaking up about what they want is so terrifying to a lot of people in the world that that's why we continue to get shut down right um so I think that that's really, I think the more that we start stepping up and setting those boundaries and saying what we want, what we don't want, then that in itself is kind of like its own political statement. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Cause it's, it's, it's funny. Like my, um, like 47 year old white woman boss told me something <laughs> like a year and a half <laughs> ago that like really changed how I saw a lot of things and it was take back your power. Yes. And like I had never been told that before and it took a second for it to hit. Um, but I think there's so many instances where women in particular um, like relinquish their power. And, yeah. and I think we all have so much more power and control over ourselves and our lives than we like to realize. Cause it's also easier to blame other people when something doesn't go how you want than to like take responsibility and ownership for your choices. Right. Um, And so, like, once you make the choice to communicate what you want, communicate your boundaries, like, you're more likely to get... It's not going to be easy, but you're more likely to get what you want. Um, Exactly. Yeah. And like I said, like, society might not be ready for it, but, like, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, it doesn't change (laughs) until, like, one at a time we all start doing it, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, that's such a good point because I feel like whenever I'm in relationships that don't work out... The common denominator is I really felt like I had no power in the game. Like I really felt like if I wanted to like drive it or steer it in a different direction, then like the whole thing would just be done. Like I feel like I didn't have any leverage. I could never, I never felt like, you know, I could vocalize like, I don't like just how I felt or that those thoughts would be taken into consideration. I always felt like I was just kind of like, you know, following along just like, not being ever being the leader in those relationships and I think that that's like to a default like and I always say this because I always I'm like open about saying like sexually and intimately I'm more of like a submissive person right like I enjoy being kind of like dominated in sex in the bedroom and I think but and then in my work life or things like that I I like to be more vocal and more dominant but I think like something about my personality is when I'm in these relationships with men it's like I feel really comfortable following but I gotta I have to find the duality because like there has to be a balance of both and I think as soon as you give like all of that over it just it really doesn't have it's like you said it just doesn't have the 
the relation, the foundation, and it doesn't have this equal, this equalness that yeah, needs yeah. to happen, that needs to be yeah. there to make it work, yeah. at least for me, for the type of relationship that I would like to be in. And that's, I think one of the things that is easy to forget, but I think women are starting to realize more is like, there's power in access to you Mm -hmm. like removing yourself from a situation or like restricting access is a choice like it's your power um and it's like it's a catch-22 I think a lot of times because there's like I think of like dating a particularly black millennial dating as a marketplace and like men generally speaking have greater power because Mm -hmm. there's like the supply of amazing successful like black women is so wonderful so large but like if you think about like successful black men um the pool is it's it's not you know exactly the same and i also think there's the element the dynamic of like women are trained to want a relationship right yes and not to say that you can't just want a relationship besides being trained but men tend not to want a relationship. So it creates this power dynamic. Yes. And so women, like that's where you feel powerless where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well I, I want something from you, man. Right. right. And if you're like, you have the power to take it away from me or to mm-hmm. give it to me. And I feel exactly powerless. Yes. This is but it. like <laughs> at the end of the day, the power that you do always have is access to you. And yeah. I don't think women exercise that power because it feels good when he's around. Right. And you want that feel good, but then like, but you don't get anything else out of you it. Yeah. And, I, and that's why I think like there's this like element of discipline in like mm. in dating, which sounds yes. like clinical and cold or whatever. No, but it's so true. I, I just think it's like it's almost sounds like it, it's playing games, but I think like like humans are humans, right? Like there's mm-hmm. just a certain level of like you make one move, I make another move that like is inherently going to be in play when you have human relationships, and so yeah, I, I don't think women exercise that power to be like well. I'm not available right now or like, no, we can't do this. Or, Oh, I said that you can't come over or I don't do this, but I guess I'll let him come over or I guess we can do this. It's like, no, just, no, just stick to your, stick to (laughs) hold strong. Yeah. And I do think one of the things is like, I always say like, we have to like, we all have to get on the same accord, ladies. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, I do think there's like, you know, well, what, and, and they say, you know, what woman is, what one woman, well, ugh, I can't speak, what one woman <laughs> won't do, another woman will. Oh, yeah. Like, which there's truth to that, depending on the type of man that you're talking to. Yes. Um, but at the same time, like, nobody's me. No one has my vibe. No right. one has my energy. So, like, I don't know. Can't I, be replicated. Exactly. Um, there's like a Beyonce lyric in there somewhere. Yes. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I know. We could for sure a thousand percent, a thousand percent. But I'm curious to what you think because I have had friends who have been who go from like relationship to relationship to relationship, and I'm over here like, wait, like what am Girl. I doing? Do you have those Girl. friends? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I really like. Part of me is like houseway and then the other part of me is like but teach me (laughs) (laughs) you know I don't I don't I would say I don't necessarily have those friends but I see it happening Mm -hmm. and I mean I feel the same way you do I'm like I don't like I literally when people I think people think I'm crazy when I say this but I don't know how relationships happen because I've never experienced it like I get to this point where it's kind of cool and then someone says something and then we just stop talking. And <laughs> right, yeah. so I'm just like, how did you do this on multiple occasions? It blows my mind a little bit. But it, I don't know. It's, 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 it all comes down to choice. And I think um, there was an interview that I did a couple weeks ago where um, this woman that I talked to talked about taking responsibility for being single. And she was like, she had to recognize the choices that she was making Mm. that was like resulting in her being single. Mm. Yes. And again, like, so if you think like, if do you just want a boo, then you will take any Tom, Dick or Harry, you know? Exactly. Right. But if you want something special, 
you gotta wait for it you gotta yeah i feel that but and so that that i think all of that asked me the questions too of like when like you said when you're in these situationships and it ends and it's really not for any like really specific or valid reason it's like maybe you just kind of like fell out of it or some you know something was said that kind of like hit you the wrong way but it's like so in those moments if we were more vulnerable if we had less ego involved like would we perhaps salvage those things (laughs) well that's an interesting point (laughs) yeah (laughs) no i shit man yeah um yeah i like so okay like going back kind of like to the original like idea of millennials being vulnerable i i do think there's a level of like oh you did something i don't like i'm gonna cut you off right um Mm -hmm. i will say i was raised by a mother who i like witnessed cut people off like throughout my Mm. childhood so that was something i thought was just how you handled conflict or disagreement Mm -hmm. um and like I don't need nobody, so like you can keep like keep it pushing. Keep it going. Um, but but I do think there is something to be said for giving grace to someone who you see value in. And I think um, so. I think there's giving grace to someone you see value in, and then mm-hmm. there is like making the choice to be vulnerable, um, like having this conversation about this thing that you said that made me uncomfortable or that I didn't quite like, um, like that requires some vulnerability. Like, and I don't think millennials are used to having those kinds of conversations. Mm -hmm. And because there's someone else just like a couple of swipes away, why (laughs) do I do the work to have this difficult conversation when I could just find somebody else? Oh, definitely. But when you when you brought up grace, I think that that really hit me because I feel like when we if you truly trust people, you have grace to to assume that whatever actions, even if they're not the greatest actions or the best decisions, or if they said something shitty in that moment, the grace is that you trust that person enough to know that those actions, you know, they didn't intend didn't, to hurt you. They didn't intend to hurt you. Exactly. Yeah. And that, you know, you trust that it was a bad moment. It was an off day, but those aren't their genuine feelings, yeah. you know, towards yeah. you. But I feel like, you know, if we don't build that trust, which a lot of times we it's don't, true. we don't put in that work, then one little thing that they said wrong or that hurt your feelings or hurt your ego or whatever, you're like, oh no, I got to keep it moving. Like he did this, they did this. Like, I don't rock with that. But it's like, you know, but did you really know this person beforehand? Do you trust that maybe it was wrong? And if you did, if you do trust them, then I think you're more open to have that dialogue and say, hey, that really hurt me. Where's this coming from? But a lot of us are just kind of like quick to shut it down and be like, nah, like I can't be with anyone who talks to me like that or does this to me, you know? And it's, yeah. so I think just like, it's being honest about that foundation, that trust was never really there to begin with. Yeah, yeah. It's so complicated. I know. (laughs) It's funny because you, go ahead. I was going to say you like one of the things you just said is like no one would talk to me that way and I right. can think of a very specific argument that I had with someone um and he started yelling at me and I, I hung up the phone because I was like my mama don't yell at me right. like shit, nobody exactly. raises their voice at me what do you think you are yeah um and then like months and like a year later I thought back to that conversation and realized like and he said this to me, like, that's how he was raised to communicate. Like, mm. that's what he saw as a form of, like, he was like, we just right. lived in a house with, like, nine kids, and you had to yell to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, that's and, real. And in that moment, it was like, no, you won't disrespect me. And, I, and that's fine to have that boundary, right? But, like, I guess to your point, like, we didn't have that trust enough in each other mm-hmm. to know that, like, he wasn't trying to disrespect me necessarily. That's just kind of his way to deal with conflict. Um, And it's funny too, because like around that same time, I think I did something or I was mad about something and I just like kind of checked out and he got mad mm-hmm. at me and I was like, well, that's how I've learned to deal with conflict. Right. The but trauma, we just, the trauma, girl, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to like explain to my mama what generational trauma was. Um, yes. But, 
Yeah. So it's like we were like a month and a half in dealing with issues not actually having any trust there, not really knowing each other and not yet in a place to give each other grace or space. And it just like, and I think because we moved so quickly mm-hmm. when conflict arose, it like, it just crumbled. Like, right. because we hadn't built anything. Yeah. We hadn't taken the time to build anything, you know? Exactly. Or talk I feel about like I just process that. Yeah, just, <laughs> healing. We are this is a right. healing podcast. Um, no, but it's true. Or even the space to address those like childhood traumas of being like, yeah. you know, maybe you didn't know that he grew up with nine siblings and this is how he communicated and the things that he's working on. So maybe you wouldn't have been so reactionary to that kind of response. You'd be like, you know what, I'm going to, this is, this is how you deal, but we going to work on it. But I understand. But yeah, cause if somebody was yelling at me on the phone, I'd be like, listen, <laughs> I literally, and I was like driving. It was like new year's Eve. Yeah, I was like, I'm oh, not no. doing this with you right now. <laughs> no, exactly. And we're not bringing that energy into the new year. Definitely. Exactly. You know, those are all the things that, you know, how we process those moments. But yeah, I don't know. I think that those are, I think we've touched on kind of the the pillars of vulnerability when it's like trust, when it's grace, when it's like honesty and knowing what you want and being okay, attracting that it's self-worth. Like there's so much. And I don't know, I, I appreciate like you saying about the power aspect. That's, I just, I didn't even really think about that a lot I've just been like damn I'm powerless in so many yeah. of my relationships why do I give it why do I give it up why mm-hmm, don't I mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. that's an excellent question to explore <laughs> yeah <laughs> why like why do I give up power it's so crazy yeah <sighs> I don't know I think and it's funny because I I keep telling my therapist like I'm excited to practice like the real work with someone, right? The like mm-hmm. figuring out who you are, who I am, how we were raised, how that um, like influences who we are today. But you got to get past the first part. And I can't <laughs> like, it's like, I can't, <laughs> I can't get past the first part. Um, and I think, and yeah, and I, I keep, I, I think that like how we date today, this like online dating stuff, like I think there's value in, in being able to to connect with more people um mm-hmm. but i think the downside is is the disposableness of of it all and it and um i think there probably should be some adjustments on how we date now so that we can like get to the next phase get to the right. like the really hard stuff but also i think yeah. like, the good stuff you know the good stuff yeah. I know. I feel I'm right. Like, like you say, God knows our hearts. Girl. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. He already knows. Exactly. He already knows about my exactly. timing and, you know, and part of that, I think is trusting it. You know, it's interesting because I feel like we always hear people who say like, oh, you can't have a career. You can't have it all. You can't have yeah. the career. You can't have the partner. You can't have the baby, whatever. And I feel like I've always been like, that's not true. You can have it all, which I still think that you can. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it may come in staggered timing, mm. obviously. And I feel like, you know, if something is going really well, I mean, and I think for some, I think it's just like everyone is so individual. For some people, it can happen all at once for them. For other people, right. there's still growth in different areas that it can't all fit together just yet. So that's yeah. what I'm telling myself. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm telling myself is that there's so much work to be done in other areas of my life that I'm just not, maybe the person that I'm attracting, I'm not ready for them. I'm not ready for them. Right. right. Like right. that. I think that that could be just what it is. Like we're yeah. so quick to say like, this is what I want. This is what I want. Or we meet other people and we're like, Oh, they're not ready for a relationship. But it's like, bitch, are you? And Girl. that's a real question. <laughs> I've been trying to ask myself that pretty regularly. Because, yeah. like, I'll go through phases where I'm like, yeah, I think I'm ready. This is what I want. And I'm like, Girl, you ain't nowhere near ready. You got right. some more baking to do. Like, oh, for sure. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Well, and then, sorry, last thing I was going to say is, like, yes. that, that having it all. Uh-huh. Like, someone, and a couple people use this. Like, people talk about, like, balance. Um, but... Uh, there's a, a a different concept of harmony. So it's like if you think about like you want these these five things are it all that you want. Right. Um, 
like you said, it's going to come in different times. It's going to come in waves. Like you'll have, you know, the highest, like your career might be on 10, you know, yes. right now. Right. But maybe you're like relationships or your friendships right now are like on a seven you know mm-hmm. like you have them like what, what do they say like everything that you want you already have like yes, so yes. like you have it all but like the strength or the volume essentially that it's all coming through might might vary mm-hmm. um, yes but i don't know i just made that up I don't no know. no no i love i like <laughs> when you said when you said all that i'm i'm picturing like someone in the studio like a soundboard exactly like, you know like you kind of level the pitch you level the bass yeah. and all those things can go up and down and have different importance throughout the song but like they have to harmonize at the end of the day exactly right yeah. and so yeah. it's like that's kind of how i feel like we're living like things your friendships and the beauty about i think being an adult and where we are now is like your friendships for the most part I think your friends under in your family, they kind of understand like maybe sometimes your friendships are at a three, but it's like, but you know, once they're going to, they're, they're going to be at a nine again. And you, you don't necessarily have that pressure from friends being like, where are you? You, why are if they see you grinding in one area of your life? They're kind of like, yes, it's like, go get that bag. Do you, they're not pulling you away from that. But sometimes relationships can demand a little bit more emotional attention right yeah, and so I think yeah. that's kind of why our friendships can usually fluctuate maybe if they're at a four maybe they're at a five but relationships you kind of have to give a, a nine or a ten yeah 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 in the beginning well, maybe I mean, yeah I was gonna say in like when you think about your friendships too like you're probably giving in a nine or ten like I, I think about my best friend like mm-hmm. we were giving nines and tens early on so that right. like we're here now and like yeah. it's solid and it's now solid. I can know that if I give a four it's yep. just it's temporary yes um, exactly yeah man like I, another thing is I think that I think friendships I think all relationships, relationships. Are good opportunities are like are good opportunities to practice these skills and that's what I try to think of like I know I'm having a hard time communicating when I don't like something so I'm trying to practice that with my friends I'm trying to practice that with like my family and these different relationships so that um so I'm kind of like doing the work as best I can because I, I like I think relationships are relationships or relationships to a certain extent. The, like the the things that work uh, in relation to other humans, um, like it's they're probably amplified in romantic relationships because of the closeness and the proximity. But mm-hmm. like those skills, you know, are can be used Invaluable. across a variety right. of different relationships. Um, oh, I love that. I don't know. Yeah. This was such an amazing conversation. Like, <laughs> it was so good. I was like, I, I could was, talk to you for the rest of the day. That's what I was going to say. I was like, well, we need to, maybe we have to like do this like once every certain amount of episodes we do a crossover because I feel like it just flows so naturally. Like, it, I completely it makes agree. sense. Yes. So I completely agree. I love that. Woo. Yes. Okay. Well, yes. we're going to work on being more vulnerable and all the shit that we, I'm going to go back and re listen and take this applied to my life. I know, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, well, yay. Is there, um, I guess we can end by, if you want to give out your channels where people can follow you, find you, all of that information. Sure. So my name is Randy. I don't know if I said that yet, um, but I am the host and creator of the Situationships podcast. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Situationships Pod. Be clear. Be sure to include the S on situationships because I won't go to the whole story, but there is a similar <laughs> handle and podcast name out there. Um, and on Twitter, it's situations pod. Okay. And I can't wait to connect with everybody. Yes. Excited. And so I can't wait to get this episode out into the world. I think it's so applicable to everyone. Everyone. Today. I also love what you're doing. Like I, um, yeah, I just love the idea of like, of being more open and sexually like liberated and that's something I'm still working on myself but like looking at you and what you've done I've listened like to your podcast and I'm like I gotta like subscribe you know like it's amazing I love the work that you're doing yeah yes the same way I admire you so much and like I just gained so much knowledge about relationships from you because 
Aww. it's so yeah like you just really sometimes we're so outside of ourselves and it's difficult to look yeah. in and, and find your own like I don't want to say flaw they're not flaws but there's still so much we want to work on and it's like it's kind yeah. of it's just it's it's kind of idiotic <laughs> honestly to to think that you can attract something that you're just not quite ready for you know what I mean and be able to yeah. like accept it with joy and with grace and with wisdom and treat it as it should be treated and nurture it so I appreciate what you're doing I just I appreciate all black women doing dope shit creating their own stuff all the time so however I can support you I will awesome (laughs) same 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 dope well this has been lovely it has been um I hope that you have a great weekend and thank you you know do whatever you're doing in quarantine (laughs) stay safe (laughs) (laughs) and as I enjoy being alone again All right, I'll catch you later. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Situationships Podcast. If you learned anything on this episode, please share the episode with a friend. Get Situationships Podcast merch and early access to podcast episodes by becoming a Situationships Podcast Patreon at patreon.com backslash situationshipspod. You know that situationship you had that one time? The one your girlfriends remind you about when you start acting brand new? I want to hear about it. Hit me up at situationshipspodcast.com backslash my story or email me at situationshipspodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to connect with me and the Situationships Podcast listeners on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at situationshipspod and on Twitter at situationspod. Talk to you soon. Bye, y'all.